0: So you see, I didn't go from where will the oranges be sweeter or where is the better climate for me or where will I find, I don't know, a popular thing, uh, where will I find a richer husband or build a better family. No, I was going from my starting point was what I want to do and what I wanted to do since forever. I wanted to do something related to the environment.
1: This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real-life experiences, work and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital, Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He is a real hero to me, although he's dead. And even though this caused him to have cancer, to lose his teeth, and to stay ill 15 years later. He always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID 19. So, I had this project idea to help Ukraine by sharing the truth and reality about its people. Thank you all for the support. This podcast is now ranked number one on Apple Podcasts. I am surprised and so flattered about Ukraine. Top 60 travel podcasts in the UK, top 50 travel podcasts in Italy, and top 25 travel podcasts in Apple Russia, so that Ukrainians and Russia can listen and feel connected to Ukraine, and the Russian people have the opportunity to listen to Ukrainian voices. My guest today is Anna Chachina. Anna is an Erasmus Mundus scholar, so I'm proud of her since I graduated from the university itself, Erasmus University, and I was involved in the administration of the Erasmus program. So she is, you know, a brilliant human being, an environmental and social impact officer designing efficient environment and social management systems a young professional advisor at United Europe, the host of the Sustainability Explored podcast, the author of various sustainability guides, an environmental journalist, a graduate of the Kiev National Aviation University, and it seems this university really creates a lot of great people when I look at the graduates from there that I meet. A lot of the great people seem to be from that National Aviation University, a graduate of the University of East Anglia in the UK, a Master of Science of, well, I'll say it in Brazil in Portuguese because that's a language I speak, not the Portuguese from Portugal. So it's Universidade de Coimbra in Portugal and a graduate of the Université de Poitiers en France. She speaks English, French, Portuguese, Russian, and Ukrainian and is a rising star that is making Ukraine proud. Anna, how are you today?
0: hi i hello i couldn't stop smiling while listening to your introduction it's good that i didn't interrupt you i am so amazed at your own story about chernobyl about your you know story helping ukrainian kids here in ukraine and i must say wow portuguese from uh, brazil is the least uh, i could have expected today i spent Last December, no, December 2019, um, learning Portuguese in Rio de Janeiro. So I've got my A1 level and it always makes my heart sing uh, when I hear Brazilian Portuguese and when I speak it myself.
1: <laughs> A gente pode conversar em português, que eu falo bem. I used to live in Porto Alegre, Rio de Janeiro, and São Paulo, which oh. are so great. I love the mango juice there and all the exotic, exotic kinds of fruits. To ask you, since you are exotic as well, what is the story that may be the Anna of today?
0: What a great question. Well, I think it would be fair to start and even say that failures failures and successes, just like in everybody else's life. You mentioned uh, Erasmus Mundus scholarship. I think this is when I actually started to realize that the world is bigger than what I know and what I see. The most important back then when I was applying was not to tell my parents um, that I was going to go abroad. So they didn't know until I, I got the news that I got the scholarship and I would be moving in half a year. Uh, Taking responsibility for your own life and your own decisions uh, made me who I am today. Apparently, um, it's not that common, you know. So I was born in Donetsk, in the eastern part of Ukraine. Uh, The story of how I became environmentalist uh, very unusually these days, no matter your geographical location. Unfortunately, there are not so many environmentalists and it's still, you know, the the field is just developing. Uh, So I was born in Donetsk and the story that I I like to recall and tell uh, to other people living in, in more clean environments let's just put it this way is that every time we would leave our apartment uh, in the morning me and my sister for our school studies and my parents to to go to work every time we would leave our windows open for a little bit of aeration in the evening we would come back to the dust layer the layer of black coal dust I remember the first I was a well, that's unusual. The second time, I was like, well, what, "What What is it?" And I started asking mom and dad, "Why is it so dirty under the windows?" And uh, then I realized that it was, um, well, you know, particulate matter, various sorts of air pollution uh, coming from the coal and metallurgy. And this is, I think, was the moment when the idea of a cleaner environment cleaner air uh, was already planted in my head. 17 years I spent in Donetsk, this is where I graduated from high school. There's only positive memories, only positive impressions I have from that city. I haven't been home-home since 2012, more or less. Uh, This is when I started my master's. But after my graduation, high school graduation, I moved to Kiev. This is where my four years of bachelor um, doing environmental safety. Oh my God, it was so long ago. What was the name of my program? Environmental security or something like that uh, at the Kiev National Aviation University. I know it sounds weird, aviation and uh, industrial ecology and things like that. It, it sounded weird to me as well. But um, I was always into this industrial side of environment rather than conservational one. And then uh, fast forward four years, I got uh, accepted to do that master's in applied ecology with four universities in partnership. I started in France, moved to, with the group, so it was not um, original, Uh, with the group I moved to Norwich To the University of East Anglia in the UK. Uh, Then the first year was concluded with Universidade de Coimbra in Portugal, and my second year was divided between again lectures in France and my master thesis in um, my master thesis work in Canada. I chose the issue of e-waste, so electronic waste, everything that we are using. Uh, Today in our digital world, computers, laptops, phones, and I wanted to know what happens at the end of its life uh, to figure out what's the best way to recycle it. This was so exciting. I uh, was very inspired to bring back my knowledge and my skills and this different, I'm sure you will understand it, as is as someone who also traveled and worked in different parts of the world, this feeling that um, of abundance, the feeling of, wow, the world is really diverse, no matter what you look at, religion, colors, uh, you know, biodiversity, professions, walks of life, how people sometimes connect unconnected things and professions and make something brilliant and beautiful out of that. So I kind of soaked... uh, inside of me inside of my brain uh, different approaches to life and i naturally wanted to go back to ukraine to apply it here and um, i i I returned you know people here they don't they don't appreciate what they have (laughs) Uh, again the bureaucracy in france is uh, is something cosmic to me still it's so much easier in ukraine Um, various things in in the uk i still don't know why they are the way they are Uh, and so on so by living here where we are born we sometimes don't realize that it might be the best place on earth we really forgot to count our blessings as they say
1: you are amazing. I'm just listening as an author for your origin story, insight and incident, the vision and goals, and your—I don't know whether you studied, you know, writing and the hero's journey and or anything like that—but you're applying it very well in your communications, so or you are a true communicator. But I would like to ask you this because I was speaking with a previous guest who is also from uh, Donetsk, and he spoke about how. There is no middle class, real middle class in Ukraine, and this is co- causing, causing so many people to leave and go live abroad. So I am wondering, you had the opportunity and the possibility to be everywhere. Why did you choose to return home? And what reasons can you share or what values that might inspire other intelligent and capable Ukrainians to stay and build their country and see the opportunities there rather than go through that brain drain kind of journey?
0: That's a wonderful question. Every time I I was the same, you know, the truth is that I was the same. I could only see myself running from Ukraine as fast as I could. I was unhappy with how things were around me. The above mentioned bureaucracy it was killing me. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I have to prepare all these papers and documents only to enter the university. Why is this not enough? Why is that not enough? So complaining and complaining and complaining a lot because uh, this is what I surrounded myself with. And now every time I hear young students or um, you know mid-career professionals saying, oh, I cannot handle anymore, it's so... Dark and gray, and I don't see perspectives for myself. I don't see how I can build a great life here. I say, "Go ahead, go, leave it to the fullest, soak it in and i'm 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 not being sarcastic. I mean for real, you're gonna get some truly extraordinary experience simply putting yourself outside of your comfort zone outside outside of your even you know native language um try to live under the german french or whatever you choose laws and you will see that you just had it super easy at home you had it here in ukraine you you had an awesome life the reason why i came back speaking from from that uh, you know realistic perspective I remember when I graduated, that was 2015. I stayed for one more year in France. For me, that was Nice, Côte d'Azur. People always imagine me uh, living a luxurious uh, lifestyle, uh, living by the beach, although part of that is true. And it was awesome, it was always sunny. Only one problem. I couldn't find a job in the environmental sector. And no matter what I did, I surely sent over 500 CVs and uh, job applications. I was part of that, how do you call it, uh, Pôle emploi, where they help you search for for job. They refine your CV with you. You go through a series of workshops. Nothing helped. For a year and some, I didn't have a job I didn't want to settle for just anything. Kind of, you know, you can go to to sell bread or clothes. I wanted to exercise what I was studying for, what I studied for. Actually, I had already by then a really good working knowledge of French. Never, I never can say advanced or um, what is it called, fluent, fluent. And I'm I'm trying to keep myself humble nothing helped in fact and so i remember a moment when i decided to surrender i said okay i'm gonna send now an application to to become a seller at the shop like consultant to help people buy the clothes and the response i've got was so marvelous It actually, it is exactly that one thing that set me on the right path. And this is an answer to your first question. What made me who I am today is a simple answer. Uh, Madam, you're overqualified. Don't eat, sort of, you know, in my terms. Don't eat the bread of those who are less privileged than you and those who didn't have an opportunity to study for master's degree. Kind of nicely saying, find your tribe. Find what you got education and qualification for and go with that. And that kind of closed the doors for me. I was like, yeah, the most important is not where I will exercise it. The, the, the real question is that I want to do this. for my. In my case, it's environment, sustainability, climate change, etc., And from there, it was all natural. I uh, was like, I remember sitting down and saying to myself, okay, in Nice, in the south of France, it's not working. It's an area where they uh, care a lot about tourism and cinema, Cannes festival and so on. Um, I was not needed there. And I knew where I was needed. I was needed back home. I came back to Ukraine and very quickly... Uh, No, not quickly. I had to go through a series of interviews, of course, Uh, but it was a lot less stressful, a lot more purposeful, a lot more thoughtful. And this is how I started, really, I started my professional, professional career here in Ukraine. So you see, I didn't go from where Will the oranges be sweeter? Or where is the better climate for me? Or where will I find, I don't know, a popular thing? Uh, where will I find a richer husband or a better, build a better family? No, I was going from my starting point was what I want to do. And what I wanted to do since forever, I wanted to do something related to the environment. And I just went with, with that, with the professional aspiration
1: wow j'adore cette réponse and to tell you therefore you are saying that when you were a little girl with your sister and you were in donetsk and you went to school leaving the window so that the room will be will get some air when you returned home you noticed it was dark and black with the residues from the coal and from the metallurgy factories and that impacted you on a deep level that made you truly conscious of the importance and of that necessity for that environment change and environment sustainability and reform and when you were at university and living in Kiev you always thought there was a lot of bureaucracy and you couldn't wait to get out of there and you did You actually applied without telling your parents, so I hope you'll tell me why was that necessary to be a secret, but when you got accepted, you told them, and you traveled, and you were exposed to all the cultures, and you learned the languages, and then you were in Nice, and people were thinking you're living a glamorous life, you're living that jet-setter lifestyle, but in reality, you sent even 500 CVs to get a job that meets your qualifications, but did not get to any results in the field that you care about, which is the environment. And then you chose to settle and, you know, get lower and to apply to a job that would just pay the bills, just even even if you didn't have passion for it. But you got the response that you are overqualified. This is not the job for you, and you'll be taking the position of someone who needs that money to put food on the table mm-hmm. of their families so don't do it and then you realize wow i have in my heart this passion to do this ecological work and environmental work and i will not choose just to go to a place because of a better weather or a place where i can find more money or richer husband i can return To my country, and you experienced that bureaucracy, whether in the UK or in France, that made you see how life is much simpler and easier in Ukraine. So you returned and you decided to pursue that professional career and professional work that you wished to have in Kiev and in Ukraine. And can you speak then about that moment? And you said it wasn't so fast, but to understand perfectly, are you? Working for yourself, so you're more of an entrepreneur woman, uh Mm -hmm. femme entrepreneur or entrepreneurs, (laughs) whatever, or are you someone who is uh working with those bigger companies, uh part of the international market? And why was that choice? And how was that moment and experience of either readapting or seeing Ukraine and Kiev with new eyes after you return?
0: exactly you know i want to start with that uh bureaucracy or not we'll just happen to to stick with that example you start looking at things with a different eye with a different lens sure it is sure every country and my husband is a foreigner so i go with him through all these bureaucratic um processes like migration service the passports the temporary residence cards etc it's the same story as i had in france clearly a foreigner in in a different country you have to be you have to be legal okay that's the that's the way it works uh, everywhere uh it's all the same but you look at it with a different, um, with a different cleaner lens. To go back to what you asked me about, uh, yes, the job search was. Uh, how, it took me what was it like half a year to to get my first job, but you know what what is important to say is that. Let's not forget that for a year and some I didn't have anything and my expectations by then were very low. I was very insecure. I would go for any salary. The only requirement was to do my my really like professional work. So, I, of course, I started with being an employee. In my case, it was the first Ukrainian still in making green bank. So, the bank that... Of course, the term is a lot more complicated than, than what I'm going to say, but to to keep it clean and understandable, uh, it's a financial institution that would focus on mostly given loans to alternative energy projects and energy efficiency projects. So they were looking for the environmentalist, as they said, and I ended up staying there for good three years uh, building up the system of um, environmental and social risk assessment so anytime it was part of the kind of financial uh, risk assessment uh, we just added environmental and social to it um, so that the loans are you know more sustainable returnable and safer in general for the institution um, well, these were, these were wonderful three years where I started from scratch. I was all alone, uh, the only one in the whole bank. And you know what it means to be environmentalist in the financial institution. You are a black sheep. No one knows who you are, what the hell you are doing there. And there was, uh, in the beginning, no way to, to describe it. I simply didn't have the language financial language or, you know, the professional language to explain in simpler terms what I was going to to do there. I had wonderful colleagues. I'm grateful beyond borders uh, for the time I had there. But yes, three years uh, in the state-owned institution had its own benefits and uh, also negative kind of sides. We are talking about... Nine to six regular hours, regardless if you have anything actually to do or not. And I am more of a free soul, although I love working a lot. So, if now I am so, last year I was a a consultant just as a freelancer on my own terms, working on my own terms, and uh, this year I am set to set up a consultancy. I feel like I'm strong enough now to to delegate, to expand my operations. So what I do right now, and in general in my my work, I am helping the owners of the infrastructure projects to unlock the investment, meet and manage environmental and social uh, requirements of the lenders, um, and I'm using my own customized frameworks and systems to to do that It's a very exciting field you get to uh, you get to touch different projects so say wind farms, and then I dive deep into what it means to set up from scratch to build and develop a develop a wind farm or solar farm, what are the particular environmental aspects of these operations, and what are the social aspects in every single case separately, because of the location, different uh, communities surrounding those projects, and so on and so forth. It's very exciting. It's quite demanding. Uh, I love mentoring. So this year, I'm up for building up a team and going, going further.
1: That is great. And you'll find a lot of talent in Ukraine that is now being used for other purposes, but you will repurpose it towards your environmental goals. And I salute that, as well as to ask you as a person, you seem to me to be a citizen of the world or more cosmopolitan or more culturally open-minded. And that guest that I had from Donetsk. He said that that part of Ukraine is very traditional. It raises people in more of a Russian culture or old-time culture. Yet, I would like to ask you, were you always different? Or because of your travels and living abroad and that mix of cultures, you changed? And how did it change you? And are you similar or different to the average Ukrainian or Kievan, person if you could describe them and yourself
0: great question i want to start by paraphrasing i think it was a quote from uh, ford henry ford whether you think you can or you think you cannot in both cases you're right it's so complicated to the the person you interviewed before my compatriot the person from donetsk he's of course right And, of course, I have a different opinion. (laughs) Of course, he's right and wrong at the same time. Well, look, one second
1: to be fair to him. He said after he moved to the western part of Ukraine, he became more of that European kind of thought. So he's very modern now. But, I mean, he talked about the people who are there and from there and growing up there. So I don't want to say that he was like some traditional guy who's saying no, No, life should be the old ways.
0: Yeah, in fact, you know, he is right. Uh, I'm not going to lie either. Uh, It's very sad what happened. It's very sad that um, everything played, you know. um, Again, something that comes to my mind, the explosion in Beirut, for example, last year in 2020. It's never the big things like wars or like this explosion. They never happen because of one little event. Uh, From what I read about Beirut, um, someone abandoned a ship. The ship was loaded with hazardous materials. Someone didn't look, stored it at that storage in the port and didn't look at that hazardous material um, for years. Another one, so in 2020, they were, um, you know, molding or something welding the part of the wool and health and safety precautions were not in place so they didn't know where they were using that um, metal metal melting thing. I, I hope it's called welding. Uh, so one person after another, after another, it's an accumulation, it was an accumulation of uh, little mistakes that led a huge explosion that led to millions, thousands of people losing their homes, lives and so on. The Donetsk story is the same it pains me to think how propaganda, media lack of attention uh, from the rest of the country in earlier years uh, to that region led to complete how do you call it? Like separation, yeah, mental separation from from something else, from something bigger, from from the rest of the country, which is Ukraine. Uh, and and it's true. We were raised in, in a more Russian-speaking environment. Ukrainian was, as a language, even mocked at. I remember guys in my class saying, oh, yeah, I, I don't need to study it. I will be fine in life without it. Mm, I don't know if I was different. I think you know we don't know what we don't know what we we don't know what we cannot know for example this is a big question for me nearly every day how do i naturally stumble upon something that i i don't even know exists so let's say you know that fjords exist in norway because you heard about it somewhere how do you naturally figure out it's there or what's its name so we were living in, in this kind of um, closed environment where I believe most of, of the guys, of most of people didn't know what is possible, what is out there I remember uh, that was 2000, 2014 uh, when the mess has started I saw the stats that like, I don't know, 60% uh, have never been abroad. 60% of those living in Donetsk area in the region, now occupied by Russia, uh, never have never been abroad. And 40% have never even been to the capital. So you can imagine uh, you were kind of living and boiling in your own soup, of course, you cannot stumble upon anything new and anything exciting if your four four walls is all you see. I want to believe I was um, I was curious. Uh, maybe I was uh, I was not different, but I was curious, and I was um, I'm naturally optimistic. So I uh, I studied in a very cool school, um, one of the Mm, handful, maybe we had five or even three in, the ta- in, in Donetsk, in the town, schools with um, profound learning of uh, English, teaching of English. In my school, we had English since grade one. So I started studying it from age six. And French was added when I was uh, 12 or 11. Also, the head of our school was very proactive and organized um, partnerships for for the students. In summer, there was an opportunity to go to the UK uh, for a a summer internship with the group of, with the teacher. So teacher would go with the group of students. And in autumn, uh, those who were selected earlier by a Belgian association had an opportunity to go for six weeks to study in Belgium. Regular school, uh, but all the subjects in French, obviously. And when I was um, uh, when I was uh, 16, so during my last year of studies in that school in Donetsk, I was lucky enough to be accepted into a host family, famille d'accueil, in Belgium, where I spent six weeks all it was my first trip alone without my parents my first trip abroad uh my first you know everything my first responsibility using my passport etc and uh, just like that for 6 weeks i lived a very regular family life i went to school every day i studied all the subjects with uh, with my class made friends um Completed coursework, uh, participated in the term exams. Everything was in French, so for the first two weeks it was a complete disaster. Uh, the other two weeks I spent uh, Russian. To you know, oh my God, Anna, speed up, speed up. Now you have to learn French. And the last two weeks were you know past that equator. Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm going to be living in seven, six, five, four and so on, days, uh, that was helpful a lot. And that was the moment that showed me that, aha, this is what is possible. The life like this is possible. Uh, parents of the host family uh, were spending time with each other on every Thursday, I don't know, they were going to Salsa. My host family brothers were part of them choir and uh, orchestra like a village orchestra i was like ah look at that this is possible that is possible Um, life is full of opportunities and i think it gave me even more optimism it gave me even more desire to go abroad try to study abroad since then entering the university was my big dream the university somewhere abroad continue studying on in a foreign language so, I, 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 I was optimistic, not different, uh, but I definitely did change uh, due to those experiences in living, communicating with other people, studying in a different language, uh, getting to know even different systems of education. So, for example, here we are used to semesters. That last four months, I think, four or five months each, um, and you get a mix of subjects during that semester. And then the next semester things might change. In Portugal, for example, we got one subject that would last three weeks, only one subject, but three weeks of full-on work, field work, uh, you know, courseworks, etc., and then one week of uh, of a holiday vacation. then again, three weeks, one subject. And so I was able to test different even ways of studying, different ways of um, setting myself to work, different kind of perks um, to try my discipline. And um, yeah, definitely, again, to everyone who is listening to us and who is thinking how bad everything is, Go, go try yourself somewhere else. You will be amazed. And with the new lens, with the new optic, you will probably want to come back. If not, uh, you said I'm a cosmopolitan. I am. I really, I am a true believer in in the fact that geography doesn't matter, especially after 2020, uh, after this big boost of remote work. Uh, next week, I'm speaking with... Um, with a sustainability company from London that are looking for analysts and they don't care where I sit. So I can't be working for the London company based in London or don't you know, where, where, where they are registered while being in Kiev. And so still paying my taxes here, uh, participating in the community actions where I am. Today it's Kiev, who knows? Maybe tomorrow it's going to be uh, Brazil. I I hope so I wish. Uh but what what really matters is who you are, what you do, what you bring to the world and you know, what kind of a person you are, I believe. Kind. I love what
1: you said. I love what you said and in Curitiba in Brazil there is a large Ukrainian descendant community so you'll love it there. And there was one thing you mentioned which is about being in Belgium, trying that life, and realizing and opening your eyes to, wow, this is possible. And that reminds me of one of my most favorite books. is from 1951 by Eric Hoffer. And you said those words, actually. It's called The True Believer, but it's thoughts on the nature of mass movement. And he speaks about how mass movements are created. And in the chapter about revolutions, he says revolutions don't happen to people who have nothing because they don't expect to have anything. It happens to either people who taste, get a taste of heaven and lose it, or people who see it as possible because of other people's experiences. And that is more motivating than being destitute or having nothing. It's knowing that it's possible to have something, and that puts fire in the belly. Of everyone, and that's what I imagine happened to you as well as right now you are choosing to live in Kiev. So, to make this more of a lifestyle, and I loved everything that you said to someone who is a foreigner and wishing to settle in kiev how would you describe the life in kiev what is the culture the city the things that you do when you're not being a workaholic to rest Mm -hmm. and uh, get recharged and renewed and some r&r what is kiev to you as a city what are your favorite things about it and how would you describe it and compare it to other places where you have lived or been as a place to live
0: wonderful um I'd say you know uh, slightly going back to to your previous question surround yourself with people that you admire and that you like everywhere you can stick to you know middle class or lower class or upper class and so on but it's your responsibility in a way to find that circle that will inspire you that will feed you, you know, nourish you with that uh, positive emotion, for me, that community became Toastmasters. Uh, The public speaking club, it was born, uh, kind of born in the US in the beginning of previous century. Uh, And mostly it was for salespeople. Now it's open for everyone Who just wants to practice public speaking? It's extremely scary for those who are not natural speakers or stage lovers. But what is interesting that I noticed, I I started attending two years ago. Um, It attracts people from completely different walks of life: Um, entrepreneurs, linguists, uh, environmentalists, digital marketers, uh, travelers you know, you name it, and this person is probably there. Um, we in Kiev, we have a couple of clubs that exercise public speaking in English, one club exercising it in German, one club in Russian, one in Ukrainian, and there were some attempts to open a French-speaking club, so... Whoever you are, from wherever you are, if you're in Kiev, simply stop by. Uh, all, the, all the links and everything, it's all available on, on Facebook, uh, on Google as well, Toastmasters, Ukraine, and you see the list of those clubs. This is how, well, so when I came back here, that was 2016, September 2016, all of my friends were elsewhere. Old friends from the university, someone from school who moved to Kiev. So I I happened to be again kind of naked without my regular social circle, without my friends, and I had to build a new one. I started going to that Toastmasters. Uh, not only I got friends, plenty of friends from again. And this is the way to stumble upon things you don't know, because when you are speaking with someone from okay, you name it, from the banking sector and you have no idea how banks function, this person will share with you a little bit and then you will get inspired. Or someone someone traveled to Fiji. Oh, Fiji, where is this island? And so on and so forth. And on top of it, it's so amazing how people, to see people growing, to see people overcoming these fears and naturally becoming seriously better and better in public speaking, which in return helps with everything. Job interviews, confidence levels at work, at home, productivity, optimism, and so on. So not only I got uh, my new friend circle there, I also met my husband there. So that ended up being uh, very, very productive for me. So this is, you know, uh, where you you as a traveler, as someone coming to Kiev, you can... Uh, You can find new, good people and make good friends. What I like about Kyiv, I like its diversity. I definitely like its messy architecture. I remember I took my mom to Berlin a couple of years ago for a long weekend. And she always dreamt about visiting Berlin. Four days into Berlin exploration, I was like, oh my God, I want to go home. I miss Kyiv. And I just caught that thought in my head. I, was like, I cannot believe I'm thinking this. I can be in Kyiv anytime, and yet now I'm out for four days and I'm already missing it. Uh, the mix of architecture, modern uh, parts of um, late Soviet architecture um, and things like that. Uh, the balconies is a whole separate topic. Uh, this is what you will... Wherever you are from, you will notice that balconies is a whole different um, art, uh, in a way. Uh, this is because balconies were not, uh, at a time, al-époque, were not uh, counted in the meters uh, of the apartments, so people extended their apartments uh, due to having this exit to the street uh, regardless of uh, um, of the floor so right now you can see attached whole rooms to the buildings and it's very funny Uh, as long as the creativity goes uh, it's really really funny about the weather uh, this is probably something i should have started with Uh, well Honestly, it's been a long white night um, for me. <laughs> white night for those who are not familiar. You can observe them in places like Saint Petersburg. It's when you wake up and go to bed, and the weather is all the, always the same. It's lightish. It's foggy. It's never. It, it never gets uh, fully light, uh, f- fully bright, or fully dark. And uh, yeah. If you're here in winter times, don't forget your vitamin D. People are nice. Yes. People are... You, you agree, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: but I had a Ukrainian who is from Canada as a guest and she said Can- Canadian winter is much, much, much worse and more crazy than Kiev because it varies so much while in Kiev it's consistent. And to ask you yeah. another thing, because this is exciting. So to confirm, there are Toastmasters in English in Kiev. And I have, right. ha- I have asked this question, which is, are there like theater classes and yes. painting classes in English? I'm I just going to yes, be specific um, to this. Like, can you share exactly. like how can foreigners find English kind of clubs and ways of having those hobbies in Kiev?
0: Great question. I don't know about painting. No one... uh, Well, my mom paints, but she doesn't speak English, so she doesn't attend anything. But my husband, who is Moroccan, he attended uh, an improv class, improv class, theater class, uh, last year... No, before COVID, so let's be fair, 2019, uh, in English. Uh, I'm going to leave you links to that. But again, it's it's those kind of activities where you to be there you have to overcome your own fears of stage, of public speaking, and so on. Improve, me personally. Oh la la, I couldn't do that. I'm not made for it.
1: While well, you're doing it right now, so I don't know what you're speaking ah, about
0: It's not the same when you were when lots of people are staring at you and you you have to react fast and it's situation dependent but anyway there there are ways and I'm happy to see how Kiev is developing in this way um, being more and more inclusive in many ways, to foreigners, to uh, people with limited abilities, whatever it is, uh, you know, physically or mentally or you name it. And, you know, 10 years ago, if you're a foreigner, I I don't know, maybe couch surfing, speaking clubs would be your place. Right now, there are so many opportunities, so many ways to meet um, wonderful people, educated people uh, people that speak english and maybe even other languages and it just became so easy also i believe that that generation that studied english from age zero grew up and there is more opportunities now to to meet with them and have no problems communicating
1: Yes, I had a guest. She's a girl from Projector, the design school mm-hmm. or a college or whatever in Kiev. And she speaks uh, so well, although she's originally from Dnipro, not from some international school. She speaks like some American person or girl. And she said, Well, the music helps a lot. And the modern generation is very English savvy. Another thing, which is very exciting. Well, you're planning to move to Brazil. I don't know how much you have lived there. If it's Rio, it's wonderful. If not, then I found that Ukrainian people are actually warmer than uh, the Paulistanos or or from the south of Brazil, the Gauchos. And to ask you about another thing. So your plan now is to start your consulting firm and you have a foreigner husband who is registered, you know, and he has maybe his own business there. To a foreigner who is planning to do business or start a company and has that on their mind in Kiev specifically, do you find that it's easier and encouraged or that the red tape is still there? And how is that economic and business environment in Kiev? Will they find it to be similar to Europe or with people who are professionally doing modern things or they have that be worrying about things not being so straight and all that since you are part of both worlds you're like east meets west meets the world uh north africa at the same time so yes. can you comment on this
0: business wise uh for me as someone with you know already local documents It's extremely easy. The more we are digitalizing, the easier it becomes. I am a registered entrepreneur, so it only took me a day to register my company. And then everything was uh, registered online and maybe even come to to the registration office once. Uh, So that was two years ago. Now maybe even that step is not a requirement anymore. Uh, Taxes are paid online. All the declarations are filled up online. Yeah, I basically had zero problems so far. For the foreigner, I don't know. My husband, he partners with... um, He has a French business partner and the company is registered in France. He just is here and they have... um, Ukrainian employees that was important for them even though they're working in in digital marketing and they could um, they could have employees from anywhere you know even from where the labor is cheaper but he was uh, he has a heart for Ukraine just like you so he wanted uh, he insisted that uh, employees are Ukrainians he wanted to help the country in this way about registering a company In Ukraine, I probably cannot really comment. Uh, The easiest I know and the option I used before was registering a company in Estonia, just like it is now for me here. It's very easy, very digital, but if you're a foreigner, this is probably the way to go. About the investors um, and having business here, oh, it depends so much which industry you're in i've been uh, observing how many were beaten um, beaten like bite <laughs> uh, by you know not so positive experience and it even led me not to have any physical business so i'm not for example building houses i'm not even buying real estate uh, ever since i I was conscious about my career. I always knew that I wanted to do something something virtual, digital. Um, yeah, how do you call it? Like non-physical. Digital is probably the way. So online business, yeah. My business is online already. So I can design documentation. I can uh, design the projects, their environmental and uh, social aspects, from anywhere I am. And this was the goal since the beginning. So I can be sitting somewhere in Madagascar and working on a project in Pakistan. How awesome is that? And now that the internet is everywhere, it's, uh, it, it's becoming a, a reality. It is a reality already. So I don't know if it's a good, if it's the best idea someone can have to be in ukraine for business like for, for really sitting in the office see what i mean
1: yes so to you you view ukraine as a great place to live but for people who are doing online business it will be a much better choice and a wiser decision and then to ask you do you like because you spoke about moving to brazil do you plan oh to God. do that for yes. it's, it's it's
0: so obvious <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is true. In
0: fact, I'm not even noticing, but I'm saying it a lot.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I'm asking, is this something temporary that you wish uh, to, to do? And how do you feel about having family in Kiev? Do you believe that it will be better suited or you don't care where it is since you're a citizen of the world? Or how would you compare your imagination at least of Brazil compared to the culture and the positive things about Kiev and Brazil? Just to ask you, because if mm-hmm. you compare both, there are actually similarities and there are, of course, obvious differences. So in your mind, you returned from Nice to Kiev. So I cannot say that it's just the weather that is the biggest factor. And now you're dreaming about South America and uh, um, O povo brasileiro, and all that. So what is this decision? Where did it come from? What is the thought process behind it?
0: It came from um, living in Brazil for one month uh, in December 2019. Being exposed to the regular life, you know, my friends who hear about that Brazilian idea of, of ours, mine and my husband's, they they gave me an anecdote that um, one person visited hell once and attended a rock concert and he liked it so much he asked to to go there from heaven again he got this ticket the doors opened and he he he, he you know gets exposed to this Terrible pictures of uh, fires, of people burning and melting in those pots, and he's like, "Wait a second! I loved it so much last time. There was a rock concert. It was so cool. I had so much fun. What happened this time?" And uh, you know, the the, gu- the guard at the door said, "Well, don't confuse uh, tourism with immigration." So everybody tells me that, oh, you have only been to Brazil for you once, you stayed for one month. How can you judge? Well, the point is, nothing is definitive, and even if I go there, and I will explain in a second why I, I fell in love with the country so much even if I go there and let's say I stay for a year, two, three, and at the end, I I don't like it, or something happens and I say, well, you know, I'm tired. I I just want to move. And there is nothing and no one that that can really stop me from doing that. Life is a process. Um, It's, it's, Changing so fast—it's not at all the same life as my parents or grandparents used to live. You know, one job place, uh, office hours, or factories or coal mines where you really have to be physically; otherwise, no job is done. Now we have computers. We have uh, we we have so many things that allow us to live the life of our dreams, then it would be almost a crime not to try. And this is the reason why this year I'm putting all my energy, all my power into setting up this consultancy, uh, giving job to as many people as I can handle, as the business can handle, and finally going to live somewhere where it's sunny. I love the people. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the language. I love how they move, how they dance, how they speak. Even the tonalities in you, by the way, you I think you have a natural ear for languages. You pronounced my last name without a single mistake. You speak Portuguese, and it feels like you are in, you know, you're Brazilian. <laughs> I fell in love Obrigado. with the sun. You see,
1: sim, <laughs> uh,
0: they say the nada, and they also say. Uh, imagina
1: imagine. isso, sim.
0: Yes,
1: a gente um, tem yeah. que imaginar.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, it's sunny all the time. There is uh, what I like particularly about Rio is that it's a it's a former capital. It's a big, really big city, just like Kiev. Uh, You have the subway, you get anywhere you want to get on foot or using public transport. I don't own a car and I don't have my driving license yet, so this is important for me. And this is a city, a big cosmopolitan city that faces the ocean. I mean, no-brainer. What is there else to add? (laughs) So, you know, spending your uh, work week uh, anywhere you you wish at home or in the office speaking that beautiful language and then spending your weekends on the beach of Ipanema uh, of course of course this is something out of
1: con yeah. certeza i will tell you it's actually you're mentioning something wonderful look in life we are never sure what will happen so might as well do the strategy that i love and i decided and to follow which is minimize regrets to take those chances even if they are very small that could get exactly what we want in life rather than going for the high priority chances that are settling down and i remember one time i was speaking to a fighter pilot from the us and he said they teach them this make decisions one after the other many of them will be wrong but well you can make another decision right after that will correct it it's not a big Absolutely. deal and those are fighter bi- pilots in stressful situations or there is a navy seal thing which is uh, 90 70 50 they tell them look 90% of the time you will only have 70% of the information you need and you'll be 50% of the time wrong but you can make the decision again so that's the best that they can hope for is to Brilliant. have 70% Of the information and understand okay half of the time i'll be wrong but if i'm right 51 percent of the time i will be much better than that person hesitating waiting and not taking those decisions this is so enjoyable i'm just passing the hour with you okay i would like you to speak about one thing as final remarks anything on your mind anything that is meaningful to you share it, and then share also where can people find you, your links, and all that stuff if they wish to communicate with you.
0: Mm. Uh, I have my own podcast, and this closing remark is called uh, One Piece of Advice for the Listeners. So I will take it uh, as this. If I were to give one piece of advice or any kind of closing remark, let it be this. Uh, Start where you are and start with what you have. So we are today speaking about Kiev, Ukraine, Brazil, travels, COVID-19, remote work, all of that. If there is something on your mind, if you're listening to us today and there is something on your mind that you always wanted to try, you always wanted to try to leave country X, you know, you, you know better than me get there. Get there for two weeks, rent an apartment, speak to locals, eat the local food, try to picture yourself there. If you like it, stay longer. If you don't, move on. You know, life is uh, short and long at the same time. Uh, Opportunities are endless. The world is actually big, more than 200 countries. Don't be afraid to try and to fail. I loved your, Aziz, I loved your Um, how do you say uh, little story your 90 70 50 rule surely you'll be wrong surely you will probably not always be happy with your decisions but they are yours and you are the owner and the most importantly the author of your own life where you can follow me you can uh, get in touch with me on linkedin I am, I'm there using my real name, Anna Chashina. Uh, I have a website where you can learn a little bit more about my work and who knows, maybe even set a call with me. Um, so I have client calls, uh, calendar uh, integrated on my website. The website is under the same name, annachashina.com. And if you're interested in the topics of environment, sustainability, climate, and you're wondering maybe how this all integrates into business operations in various types of uh, economical sectors then i'm hosting a podcast called sustainability explored uh, that you can as well google and i'll be happy to see you among my listeners thank you very much
1: you are welcome i wish you a merry christmas we're speaking on this great day and thank you
0: Thank you, Aziz. It was a big pleasure for me to guest on your podcast.